I like this platform. Yeah. All right. So we are live here. Um, I've got r- my friend Ronnie here with me today. Um, Ronnie is super cool. She's really talkative too. So I feel like we're going to have some great conversations this morning. Um, I want to start by saying I met Ronnie through uh, mutual friends, I guess you could say. Um, I met Ronnie through this kind of community that we have where we just kind of meet like-minded people. Um, We step out of our comfort zones and it's all about self-improvement. So Ronnie, I'll give you the floor. Yeah. Yeah. So we met um, in a a project uh, community called the Perspective Project. And we're on a, a third-party platform, um, but it's much more than just the platform itself. And it will be continuing to grow as we expand. Um, just a conscious community of people who want to better themselves, who want to get out of the norm of activities that are the norm. Um, and it's pretty, yeah. it's pretty awesome. Definitely, definitely fits the fits the mode of getting out of your comfort zone. You gotta get comfortable with the uncomfortable. Yeah, exactly. Because I don't, I actually don't mm-hmm. know where I heard this, but staying in your comfort zone, like your comfort zone, will kill you. Um, mm-hmm. Probably over time. But I like thinking about that, um, especially with things like stepping out and like meeting new people and and branching out from what is considered normal, at least in my lifetime and my experience. Like. It's not normal to like join some community of like-minded people, like hop on calls and and like mm-hmm. you know be committed to posting on this app that we have, and it's really small right now. But just like focusing on the vision and and like being surrounded by those people, like when you're friends with people that are focused on self-improvement, then you're also going to focus on self-improvement. Um, Absolutely, so yeah, you surround yourself with as well. Yeah, one thing I really enjoy to so, like. You know, I'm sitting chilling with my roommates, and now I'm like, all right, I'll be back in a few minutes. And they're like, oh, time for that gentleman's call. I'm like, yeah, we're having the men's call tonight. Um, um, they should so, hop on, too. Yeah, I know. I Yeah, it's not, their, it's not their thing, though. That's what I That's what I mean about, like, branching off. Like, you kind of, you're in that comfort zone, and you're experiencing normality. Yeah. And then you decide, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step out of my comfort zone, and I'm going to try yeah. this, and I'm going to connect with these people who have the same kind of the same vision as me and want right. the same thing. Yeah, I always say I'll try everything once. Yeah. <laughs> just for, right. just for the experience. If I don't like it, cool. That, now I know that. Yeah. What is, um, what's uh, one thing that you tried in the last month? Like, what's one thing that you tried in January that you liked? Um, well, I'm taking a public speaking class. And as far as getting out of my comfort zone and trying things, um, having to stand up in front of a full classroom and read a organized speech. Um, it was pretty cool though, because my message got across to all of those people. Um, and all of those people have no idea what the healing arts are or, um, what the word metaphysical even means. Um, like, like supernatural, all of that, like no clue. So it was, it was cool to be able to, to extend my message to that many people at once. Um, yeah, that, I can see how a public speaking class would be so helpful, like stepping out of your comfort zone. Because, yeah. first of all, like, I'm super outgoing, but when you put me in front of people and, like, all eyes are me, something just, like, clicks. It is terrifying. And, There's, like, a statistic that, I don't know the percentage exactly, but most people would rather be unalived than to stand in front of a group of people and talk. And I'm like, wow, like, well, really? And I, when I first heard that, I was like, that's crazy. You know, like, I can talk to anybody. I'll talk to anybody about anything. Um, But there is a big difference with nerves when you're put in front of a group. Absolutely. I agree 100%. How many times have you gone up in front of your class and spoken? Um, one time in person and then two times recorded. Um, so it wasn't as big of a group the times uh, that had to be recorded because it's a hybrid class. So, okay. What was the, was the time in person the first time you did it or the middle time? Was it, okay. it was the, no, I'm sorry. It was the middle time. The middle time? The, the, the okay. two out of the three. 
Okay, I'd be interested to know how you do next time you go up in person. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, I wanna record it next time. I meant to do it this time so I can, like, see my improvement um, and compare it to my recordings, but I forgot. Yeah, one one thing I notice when I'm, like, in front of people and when other people are in front of people, like, they're the center of attention, they'll kind of meander and be like, um, um, or they'll go, like, like, like this, like that. Word fillers. Yeah, um, I don't know, I think that's really cool. Sometimes, sometimes, I mean, maybe it's not, like, the nicest thing, but sometimes I'll count how many times people say like. Yeah, no, that's important, though. I do the same thing, though, I do the Mm -hmm. same thing. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, she does that for us as well. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's so it's definitely so like um, it's definitely perspective changing though. But and, it, and just like anything, it's an like an acquired skill. You just practice, mm-hmm. and you'll get better at it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, so Ronnie, why don't you um, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself? What um, where you came from? What you're doing? What your vision mm-hmm. is? Yeah. Um. So I was born and raised in Arizona in a city called Mesa, south of Phoenix. Um, And I moved out to the Carolinas 2015 with my family. Um, Is this lagging or am I... Um, I have no clue. Okay. I see that too, but um, I might be able to go on like a low data mode. Okay. I just saw it and I just wanted to make sure... Oh, no, I just cut you off. You're still here. <laughs> no, it's cool. If you just, it's just the video. Like, your audio is fine, so if you just want to keep okay, talking. Okay, cool. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, and so, yeah, I was born and raised in Arizona. I moved out here with my family in 2015 um, for my dad's job. He got relocated, and we have, uh, went to, I went to high school in North Carolina, um, in Monroe area, I graduated from Sun Valley. I went there all four years. Um, it was a good time to move because it was in between my eighth grade and my freshman year. So it was you know, kind of a clean break. Um, entering, entering high school as like the new girl from across the country was a challenge for sure. Um, it had its own issues in itself, but they all, you know, they all turned out fine. And and then we moved out to Fort Mill after I graduated and, um, I have been in CNA care for a while since I graduated. I got my CNA degree, um, and as a dual enrollment ship my senior year. So I am a caretaker. I am a, a healer. Um. And that is the big end goal, um, is to persist with my education and continue in natural health and alternative remedies and um, just really emphasizing the whole person rather than just the infected part of them that uh, Western medicine really focuses on. Yeah. I um I think that's quite fascinating when you start to look into alternative practices mm-hmm. rather than kind of the stuff that we are engulfed in in here. So I definitely have a lot of respect for people that branch out and do that. And that's another thing: stepping out of your comfort zone and doing something that's not, you know, socially acceptable. And yeah. in some cases, it's not allowed mm-hmm. here. Um, so there's lots that goes into it. Um, have you ever thought of like going abroad and like learning alternative practices in different parts of the world? Because you know that stuff is not readily available here. Absolutely. Um, nice. I I don't even know how to begin that, but I know in my soul that I am just meant to travel and explore all these places and see what they have to offer me. Um, so it's definitely it's definitely on my list. It's on the list for sure. That's awesome. One thing I noticed, like, you say you don't know how. I don't know how a lot of things will happen for me, but (laughs) as long as you, like, have trust in whatever higher power or Mm -hmm. just just the the fact that your vision will come to surpass, you you won't have to worry about how something will come up. It will just appear in your timeline, and if you believe that, it will happen so magically. Um, Mm -hmm. A few things have happened for me already. Um, 
and and then I've like read them in like books and stuff. Um, and I'm sure if you like talk to Kyle and Kayla, they'll tell you the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I know that I know that will happen for you, for sure. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. I agree too. I agree. So um, yeah, I that's one thing with the perspective. Like we all have these crazy visions. Like you're crazy. It's not crazy. It's just super. It's so optimistic, and it's like addicting to be optimistic too when you're surrounded by those optimistic people. Because you know you can tell your optimistic goals to people who are kind of engulfed into that's this cycle that we've that was built for us so you tell you tell people things and they they give you that look have you ever told someone like your vision they just give you a look mm-hmm. and it's like there's something going on up there that they can't compute because um, they they've been kind of they've been kind of trained to have these limiting capabilities on their mind um, and really what I think what um, a lot of us need to learn how to do is to eliminate these limitations on our mind because we like keep our mind trapped in a box when our mind is like the most powerful thing that yeah. we'll ever have and no one can develop a machine that's more powerful than our mind so I think um, absolutely that's why it's important think, to take care of it as well yeah I know and, and just kind of like like uh, emotionally and um I guess consciously detach from things so that you can, you know, practice things from a different perspective. Um, mm-hmm. Like if you just practice detachment, even on a minuscule scale, you'll be able to have a lot more mental clarity. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. So, like, one thing I practice with detachment is like I used to be obsessed with how things will work out and how how I can have make things work out and what I can do to I don't know have everything go the way I want it to go but after trial and error trial and error you realize this is not going to go the way that I I like want it to go mm-hmm. I have to like kind of detach from it and realize that whatever does happen is is right for me mm-hmm. um, whether that's you know, whatever God is doing or, like, the universe is aligning for me, um, whatever you believe, I think that, it, you know, it's important to realize everything happens for me. So, like, like with your the way that you brought were brought up and, like, the journey that you're on, everything happens for you. Absolutely. Getting out of, like, a victim mindset. Why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to me? And understand that it's happening for you and for the best good. Exactly. Because because we all come from different places and everyone's story is so unique and like people people have been through some stuff. Um, I think I think everybody can say for themselves that there's a degree of things that they've gone through mm-hmm. and it's like your perspective on, on how that happened. You can, mm-hmm. you know, sit there and complain or you can look at it and say this is good for me and learn from it and come back stronger yeah and there's another thing about that too is i used to um i used to always try to compare my my upbringing to other people's or my experiences to other people's and looking at it in a way um looking at it in a way that doesn't diminish what I go through because it doesn't look as severe as somebody else's. Um, yeah. yeah, and and things from the outside, like when you're when you're comparing yourself to other people, you only see what happens on the outside. Absolutely. Like if you go to the if you're going to the gym and you're comparing yourself to somebody else, you're only seeing that person for those. Like, you know, you're not you're probably only watching them for that one set. You're only watching them for a couple minutes, and so you're only seeing that that little glimpse of who they are. And so when you compare yourself, you're comparing yourself to someone that you don't like. You just you only see thirty seconds of who they are. Um, when it, I struggle with it too, that's probably one of the biggest things I struggle with is self comparison. Like like what you said, they're on their journey. Like um, you know, my my parents are divorced, and so I would compare myself to one of my best friends growing up he came from like you know his family they're close and the parents love each other and 
everything and everything seems to be perfect but like when i'm not there i don't i don't know what's going on i don't know how happy my friend actually is and i don't know how good of parents they are you know i only see what i see when i'm there um and it's been my own you know my own battle yeah yeah um i did this when i was younger and i was um it's like 15, I think, when my struggle with depression, let me not say struggle, when my journey with depression started. Um, and I remember being, I don't know if it was from what I was being told or what my mind was just telling me, but talking about how I have all of these things, why do, why am I so sad? Like I have, I have a roof over my head. I have, I have, I have clothes. I have food to eat. All the, all these things were, were limited. They were available, and I remember feeling so, so bad about feeling bad. <laughs> um, yeah. And it was a, yeah. It's, it's, it's all a journey. It's all a journey. It definitely is a journey, and that's where like detachment can also come in, where you detach from your thoughts because yeah. your thoughts. Your thoughts arise from all the societal conditioning that you go through as a child because at a young age, you're just a sponge. You soak in every single thing mm-hmm. that's spoken to you and done to you. Every single thing has a little effect on who you will be and who you become because it's just the way a child's brain works because they're trying to create a formulation of how the world, like what the world is and how it works. So then when you get to that certain point, age, you know, you're dealing with these thoughts that come from all that, those previous years, and you don't realize that you're actually not your thoughts, and that you can just be the observer of those thoughts, because your thoughts come, and you have the choice whether they, whether to materialize it, and to give it your energy, or you can just let it pass by. For sure. For so that sure. was one, you know, that's another thing that, you know, that I'm working on right now and I think a lot of people you know it's it's an ongoing thing just being the observer of your thoughts and detaching from that and the emotion that it tries to mm. bring into you because um, yeah, emotions are big those are those ones are not as easy to just observe sometimes 100% because you can get so mean? caught up um, in in like you just attach a po- importance to what it is and mm-hmm. so your emotions are attached to that importance. Yeah. And then when you're caught up in importance, like something is super important to you and you don't practice that detachment, you know, then your emotions get tied in and you actually do, you're worse off than how you would be if you just detached from it. Mm-hmm. And, and when you're not detached from something, you're not in the present moment. You're kind of stuck in that, you know, short-sightedness, one-dimensional um, but when you're detached and you're in the present moment, you're thinking, you're co- you know, you're consciously thinking. And I, you know, the thing that comes up for me is jujitsu. Um, so I practice jujitsu, and if you attach importance to something, and you get emotional, and like the other person that you're sparring with, they're not emotional. They're they're not detached. They're just, you know, going. You you have a certain disadvantage because you attached importance to what's going on and you are emotional if something doesn't go your way and so then you're more apt to fail because you're not you're not hyper focused you're not lasered in on this exact present moment like the other person and then you get you get emotional and then you know it becomes important to you and you end up feeling down because you made one mistake you know i i've had times where i made a mistake and i'm like just so upset with myself and I would walk out and just be really upset and then now I you know I've had to spend a lot of time meditating and getting through that and now it's like all right you made a mistake good like that's fine mistakes happen and and I'm okay now because you know I'm practicing detachment from this Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so I always I always go back to jujitsu because that's a lot of mental training (laughs) yeah yeah so i took a i took a martial arts class a few weeks ago and that's my only experience in that type of area so what is jujitsu what what kind of martial arts did you do i want to ask that first 
It was it was more like a self defense thing. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Um, that's cool. I can give you the information for a women's self defense thing after we're through. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Um, it was a lot so of fun. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, it's. Um, I think it's really good for everybody to know. Um, mm-hmm. Kids, women, men, just just so that you can have that confidence and yeah. mental clarity when you're just out and about because Absolutely. if something happens you're you've had the training and you know you can do enough to just like run away right um, but jujitsu is i the thing that i can most compare to to people who like have never trained it before is wrestling um mm-hmm. like it's it's ground stuff like stuff on the ground and there are takedowns from from your feet like you'll you'll practice like a throw or something and integrate it with jujitsu, right? Um, but it's like a limitless version of wrestling, I guess. And and like wrestlers will come in and make common jujitsu mistakes, but it's because they only have done wrestling where it's more. I think wrestling is more set in like boundaries. You um, like it's, I don't even know how to explain it. And I don't know if this <laughs> is giving you any clear idea. No, it does. It does um, make sense. It does make sense. But, I mean, I've just, I've seen wrestling done before, so. Yeah, but if you ever watch MMA or like yeah. UFC, and they're punching and kicking each other, but then they like go and they start like one guy tackles the other guy, and they're like right. one guy's on top of the other guy, and they're like fighting like with their legs, and then right. they're also like doing a little hand fight, and he yeah, one guy's yeah, yeah. trying to advance his position. So, like, that is jujitsu, and... Specifically, it's on the floor, though. Yeah, it's on the floor. Um, and there's... It's so technical, and the thing I like about jujitsu is there's... It's, like, there's no one body type, and there's no age yeah. or, or size that it fits. It's jujitsu's for everybody. There's... You can't be too old, you can't be too young, you can't be too big, you can't be too small. Um, mm-hmm. There's somebody who's, like, late 60s. He comes in and trains. He's got white hair. But he's he's the awesome he's awesome. I love it. And there's, yeah, and there's you know I'm I'm one of the smallest guys in the gym, um, but you know I'm still there. My my instructor one of my instructors is like five six and 130 mm-hmm. pounds, and he's a black belt and he kicks us he kicks all of our butts. Yeah. Um, and and jujitsu just teaches you, yeah you get to learn the cool stuff, but it also you know is that mental training where. Um, you know, someone, someone will always be better than you at something and that's okay. Just accept mm-hmm. it. And, and, you know, it's another thing like the perspective project where you are surrounded by like-minded people who are achieving, who are, you know, they, it's a common vision, you know, shared goal. Yeah. We all just want to get better. We're all there. Everyone walks in those doors because they want to get better. Um, and Jiu-Jitsu has the highest dropout percentage of all martial arts, mm. and it takes the longest to get your black belt in. Um, mm. It takes at least ten years. And in Taekwondo, you go and train Taekwondo, you get your black belt in two years. It does not happen like that in Jiu-Jitsu. It's a process. It's a journey. And something that Jiu-Jitsu has taught me that is that has been so important for me, in at least in this the past month or two, is. A lot of times when I've told, told you about detachment and, and detaching from things, we can become so short-sighted. And jujitsu is so long-term and long-sighted, far-sighted. And so I would get upset, and that was out of my short-sightedness. And, and jujitsu was such a long-term thing that my little thing that I attached so much importance to had no relevance in the long-term. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so I've been able to translate that concept into things that happen, you know, in my day-to-day life or with, you know, work or anything like that. It's like, like if you detach yourself from what bad thing happened, you know, whatever you label to be bad, mm, it's right. actually something so small in the yeah. long term. Yeah. So that's my little jujitsu rant, everyone. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, I like that you say whatever you label to be bad um, because there's a, there's a, there's a gray area with labeling things bad and good um because not everything is bad for everybody and not everything is good for everybody um and then you also look at it from a short-term and a long-term perspective as well yeah playing with the short-term and the long-term thing is is a game changer um like 
you know, little blips in the road that you can be upset about are no longer bothering you because what what does that look like in the long term? What's relevant? Mm. Um, and I forgot what I was going to say, but I was going to say it. Um, <laughs> my, my mom always said, um, this isn't going to affect you in a few years. So don't give yeah. it all your energy now. All your Yeah, and it's so, it's so hard sometimes to, like, realize because you're so... You, you know, you see what's right in front of you and you want to say, okay, this is bad because X, Y, and Z. Um, there's so many things that this can be an example for, but um, you just, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to step out of that and realize that, you know, it's, you know, this is just one thing in the long-term vision. Um, I guess one thing is like when something doesn't work out with your significant other, like um, if you're dating this guy or girl and doesn't work out and you're really upset about it because you know you have importance to that thing like it's okay to have importance to your significant other because you know what you're supposed to right and then it doesn't work out and you're completely shell-shocked and mm -hmm. you know it might take you a while to get over it but you know mm -hmm. that's all you see in that moment because you've attached mm -hmm. importance to that person and by no way is that wrong because you know you have to have feelings for this person or for that person but in the long term you know, maybe you do get back together, it works out, okay. Um, that, that, that that little blip taught you something, I'm sure. But if you don't get back together, you know, it's probably the best thing that ever happened to you, mm -hmm. <laughs> to be honest. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, like, when you're in the heat of the battle, I guess you could say, you're in, you know, you're, you're in that moment or that time. It doesn't seem yeah. that way. Yeah. Um, but, you know, everyone else will tell you, oh, you'll be fine. We're going to get through this and mm -hmm. you're going to feel so much better. But it doesn't seem like it. Right. Right. So, you, can't, you can't see past what it is in front of you. Um, yeah, exactly. I thought about you changing the terms good and bad to positive and negative. Um, oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's definitely, definitely more beneficial that way um, for, like, the direct impacts of things. Yeah, okay. I um, I started to change like the word problem into challenge. Yeah, yeah. Like if I'm faced with a quote unquote problem, this just becomes a challenge, like a puzzle for me to solve. Right, right. Um, and also to do list, um, get to do list, things that you get to do rather than things that you have to do. Oh yeah, I've heard that one before. Like instead mm -hmm. of saying I have to go to work, you say I get to go to work. Right. Even though, right. like, it doesn't seem like an oper like a great blessing to go to work. You say, "Oh, I yeah. gotta work today." Yeah. Oh, I have um, to go to work. Oh, I'm dreading it. Yeah. Like, oh, I get to go to work. Let's let's look for a positive opportunity out of this. Yeah, um, and and when you look for positive positive things, it they just start to appear. Absolutely. Like, you don't even have to go look for it anymore. They'll just appear. Like, oh my god, that's so cool. Um, <laughs> yes. Like, one thing. One thing I've been practicing um, on a regular basis, um, past couple months I want to say, is um, just gratitude, expressing gratitude for things, you know. Sometimes it'll be cut, like for multiple days in a row, and then other times, you know, I'll, um, I'll, I'll not post about it in the Mighty Networks, but I'll still be like grateful for stuff. I, I don't think it's been, I think it's been a few days since I posted my gratitude, so yeah. um, I think I'm gonna do a little something after we're done here, but. Um, gratitude is so huge for for like your mental mental space. I mean, they they did a study where severely depressed patients practice gratitude once a week, once a week, and they their their severe depression turned to like next to no depression and anxiety. Right. Once a week, practicing gratitude, writing a list of things that they're grateful for. Once mm -hmm. a week, change their severe depression. Mm -hmm. And, and it's something that, you know, I'll practice on it on an almost day-to-day -day basis, almost. I'm not perfect. <laughs> I'm not perfect. Yeah. No, it is so important. It is so important because then it forces you to look at the positive of things. Um, and if you're, yeah, if you're know, stuck, in a, stuck in a negative mindset, then kind of forcing you to go out. It can be, it can be a challenge for sure to pull yourself out of a place where... You're looking at everything as, like, such a burden, and everything is just so dark and foggy. Um, but to realize that it's actually not, and it's just 
your perspective on it. So if you flip that perspective, you can change your reality. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. It, it's perspective. Reality is just perspective. And, yeah. And people aren't. We we are not taught this by anybody. Like no. you kind of have to break out. You have to break out of it to realize that like your reality is based on your perspective, and it's all based on how you treat your mind and, and how your thought patterns are. Absolutely. And like, it all all starts in your head. It all starts in your subconscious. Um, So it's so important to be conscious of your subconscious. Like, when you're not paying attention to your mind, when you're not paying attention to your thoughts, what do they sound like? Are they kind? Are they are they diminishing? Are they? um, Are are you really strict and hard on yourself? And a lot of the times this is just regular for you because you live in your mind. Um, so it's not it's not something that we're going to become aware of until we are asked about. Um, and, yeah, being, being conscious, being aware. So important. I, I, I agree 100%. What's the, what's the statistic with your subconscious mind? It's like your subconscious mind is active... I think it's 95 or 98 percent of the time where mm, your subconscious is always listening. What was it? I said that sounds about right. I'm not sure exactly. Okay. Number. Okay. Yeah. I I don't know the exact number, but it's like something like 95, 98, something like yeah. that. But your subconscious is always listening. Your subconscious is always tuned in, even when you're sleeping. Like if you fall asleep with the TV on, your subconscious is still listening to that, mm-hmm. and it kind of. Your subconscious is what kind of programs your thought patterns and your conceptualization of what, you know, reality is. Because Mm -hmm. that is where your kind of thoughts come from, that deep, deep, deep part of your brain. That's where those thoughts arise from. And Mm -hmm. the first part of taking control of your subconscious is being aware of it. Being aware of the fact that your subconscious is always listening. When you're listening to music... And let's say you're listening to music about, like, drugs and, and sex and murder and, and stuff like that. Like, your subconscious is listening. Even though the beat's catchy and you can, like, sing all the words, that's great. But your subconscious is listening to you singing along and hearing this, this, it's, it's like a spell. Yeah. You know? And your subconscious is so malleable to that. Yeah. Um, and and, and so that's for everything you consume. Everything you consume. 100%. Consumption is not just food. Not at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, so you kind of tell your subconscious, you know, with whatever you consume, like, it's 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 forming thought patterns and behaviors based on what you're consuming. And, and so, at least for me, after I became aware of the fact that, you know, my subconscious was always listening and always active and, you know, taking in information by whatever I feed it, it mm-hmm. kind of made me want to change after a while. Like, after a while, like... You know, slowly, slowly and slowly, I, I kind of started to change what I consume. Like, I don't listen to that kind of music anymore. I, you know, I don't eat bad foods. I, I will not, you know, eat processed foods. That's just a choice that I make. Um, and, and it's out of, I, at, at the core, it's out of the love for myself. Yeah. And it's also okay. out of the fact that I want to give myself the best things, you know, Cons- like you know, consume the best things possible. Yeah. Like, is, is this going to be the best thing for me? The and most positive. For my vision. Positive yes. Kind of most fitting. Mm-hmm. Most positive, most most fitting. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Impact. Um, um. So, um, why don't you tell me a little bit about your side hustle with your jewelry and your art and your creativity? Yeah. I would love to. So, um, I have a business called Our Weight Create, and it is my creations. I have been an artist my whole life. Um, my mom is an artist. She's an art teacher, art major in education. Um, and so I've always had the materials at hand, but being able to bring my inner visions to life has been so therapeutic for me. Um, And I started getting into energy healing, um, and that includes crystals. And so I started getting into the properties of crystals um, and putting some... I had a a client at one of the assisted living facilities I was working at, and she could no longer use the tools, and 
wires and beads to do what she wanted to do. Um, and so she gifted it all to me. And it was around the same time I was getting into this stuff, so I put it together. I put it all together and was able to create um, wearable healing art. Um, and it's been super awesome. It's been super awesome. And I started dabbling into some other things, so got into soldering um, with Can like you copper. What that is? Yeah, so, so it's um, melting metal. Um, onto onto a a copper foil tape that would be wrapped around the stone, um, and then you would solder on a metal bale to it, and then put it onto a chain to wear. Um, and it goes it goes a little deeper than that as far as like actual metal smithing and metal work. And uh, I just recently took a class learn how to do all that i made uh this beautiful ring and um a made that yeah i made that put that up to the camera you made that i made it that is so cool that is I so cool it. yeah it was fun because i got to design it um like on paper uh the exact stencil for the outside of the ring um yeah, it was it was so worth my time and my money to take that and experience it. And now I'm very confident I can do all that myself. I just have to invest in the materials to do it. Um, and I'm looking forward to it for sure. So, yeah, so so multimedia artist though, because um, I've gotten into wood burning too, um, putting. Oh, I remember you said something about that before. Yeah, yeah. So I'm putting like mandala designs on bowls and plates um and other pieces of wood i have i have kind of like an at-home studio um and so half of half of my bedroom i kind of have like a like a studio space um and so half of my bedroom is my workspace and i uh, i do i paint uh, acrylic watercolor um colored pencils pencil and pen Basically all of it. That is awesome. That is awesome. I still can't get over the fact that you made your own ring, and it looks awesome. I know. It looks awesome. That is cool. So, so, um, what is, like, your favorite thing to do, like, artistically or creativity? Mm. Creatively. Creatively, I love to. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But uh, there's something so special to me about, um like like the visual arts so in a sense of when i have some sort of some sort of download of an image um and putting it onto a paper or a canvas uh there's no better feeling than having a vision and bringing it to a visual like a tangible visual tangible visual um it's really it's really awesome and I love the way the emotion behind my art can come out to other people. So there's been situations at my events where somebody picks up one of my paintings and like start crying. And I'm like, Oh my God, no, tell the story, tell the story. Yeah, so I was um, at, a, at a Baxter Festival, um, which is out here in Fort Mill. And she, it was, the, the piece is called Ethereally Escaping, um, and it's about, it's, a, it's a, a woman climbing up a ladder, reaching up towards a big white moon, and the background is kind of colorful, um, it's almost like a sunset sky, and there's like purple and blue mountains on the bottom. Um, and she picks up and she's like, wow, like, this is so, this is gorgeous. Um, and she was really moved by it, and I have messages on the back of each piece. Um, so these are these are prints of my paintings, and I have messages on the back of each about the inspiration behind it and the message that I am conveying. And and she read that and just started crying. And the piece is about. And as soon as she picked it up, I I know what people's struggles are, what, depending on what they gravitate. Towards in my art, um, because 
if if this same thing with the crystals like if something is calling out to you um it's because that's the type of healing energy that you need to embody and incorporate into your life um so as soon as she picked it up i knew she was she was struggling with some some mental battles the battles of the mind and that's what the message is is escaping it uh and knowing that you're not stuck there and um it, it really moved her, and it moved me, and we just hugged each other and was crying for a couple minutes, um, and it was it was beautiful, and it makes it all worth it. It makes it all worth it, being able to share it. That is amazing. I I am moved by that myself. The, yeah. the fact that that just happened, that, that happened, like, <laughs> it, and there's something called divine timing. I think that, like, the timeline's between like your your art thing and then her being there and like looking at it yeah you know she could have been on like the she could have gotten a phone call right before approaching your your, like little desk and totally like walked past it but the fact that she was there in that moment and that was like totally something that just was random but it's also meant to happen right yeah i don't believe in coincidences oh Um, me neither (laughs) um it wasn't like oh i coincidentally happened to stumble across this photo um or this this picture that we have here yeah yeah no like you are literally like placed by god um yeah so i always love i always i always love seeing who stumbles across my booth and who's yeah i thought it was really interesting when you said that people gravitate to whatever like painting or crystal like they need Mm -hmm. the healing for like you can tell when they're struggling yeah. And like now, now I want to do that. I, I want to like yeah. approach one of your tables and and like see what painting and what crystals I gravitate to, just mm-hmm. so you can give me some little reading. Yeah. <laughs> give me some yeah. And you know, sometimes sometimes people don't. Sometimes they just walk in and they can just appreciate the art and appreciate my yeah. work, um, which is appreciated as well. But I really I really do it for for the healing purposes. Um, I'm yeah. not. I'm in the middle of trying to re, almost rebrand um, with the emphasis on healing. So I just changed my Instagram bio um, nice. on my art account. Oh, that is like attached to the wall. I want to show you a like a painting that I have that I bought like a couple of years ago, and I still have it with me because it like embodies like the journey. I don't know. I saw it at a coffee shop in Waxhaw, and oh, yeah. as soon as I saw it. I was like, I have to get this. Mm. I don't know how well oh, you can wow. see that. Yeah. And oh, so it's wow. like, it's kind of like the guy opening himself up. Yeah, and he's like, like opening up his, his chest and this light is coming out. Yeah, and then he's got his third eye and there's just like some cool nature stuff in the background. Oh, that's so fitting for you. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. And when I saw it, I knew I had to get it. Mm. Um, yeah. And I, it's been hanging up on my wall ever since. Um, so yeah, when you talked about gravitating to art, that was one thing that came straight to my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you said gravitate towards crystals, I have always had some like intuitive—I don't know what word to use—but um, fondness of amethyst. Mm. Like I have amethyst, and actually, I had um, I had this amethyst rock, like this whole thing that I got in the mountains one time and it dropped and broke in two and then it like broke in two and two little things came off and I was like oh my god you can make this into a necklace so like now and then I just I got this like download or vision or something that I'm supposed to make this into a necklace with like my like soulmate or something like that was the download that I got yeah um like you see what I like? This would be perfect for a necklace. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, so, I don't. I don't even know how. Like it, like fell, and I'm, just, I'm not even kidding you. It it broke into two two pieces like this, and then like yeah. little like tiny crystals. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's called a cluster. That form of it is called a cluster, and um, I think I think those are called like the teeth of the cluster. Um, and they're they're easy. They're very easy to wrap. Actually, I've been I've been thinking about teaching a class of of wrapping. Um, I think you should do it. I swear anybody can do it, man. Like I taught myself through YouTube, 
Um, yeah, I wanted. I looked up a, a video of how to do it, and it looked like you just had to get like a pair of pliers and some like brass wire from Hobby Lobby, and you would be able yeah. to wrap it. Yeah, um, yeah. Copper, copper is really good for crystals because it's an amplifier. Oh, that's I don't right. Work, I don't work with a lot of copper because visually it's not as appealing um, as like gold or silver, and I kind of like the classier kind of look. Yeah. But I do, I do have some some things just require caught co- like some things just have to be in copper for it to be best. Um, and and like mm-hmm. not to branch off here, but in terms of the copper, I'm pretty sure it's some kind of like esoteric practice that we stopped doing with agriculture. But if you stuck like a copper rod into like wherever your garden is, it would like totally fertilize your plants. Wow. And it would make them huge and luscious. Yeah, it's a thing that we just stopped doing ever. I don't know why. But, um, yeah, I would definitely like to try the copper stuff on the on the amethyst because um, we have this uncle that is, like, super into artifacts and, like, collecting these crystals stuff. Like, he has – he literally got us a gator head. Like, it's a, it's a gator that they, like – I don't know, it was dead, and then they, like, mummified the head or something. It's just chilling on our garage. and he gave us some like cool like um like fossils and stuff he he gave me this like megalodon shark tooth and then we have a bunch of amethyst like this huge amethyst thing i swear it's like this big it's so awesome and it's like just something that i've always like it's always been there and it's something that i like love looking at and like touching as a kid yeah no i like just love amethyst yeah it, it intrigues me also when um kids get when, when kids gravitate towards crystals and towards art, um, you know, a lot of parents will just, like, chop it up to, oh, they like the colors. And I'm like, yeah, they like the colors, but they also can energetically feel what this is providing yeah. to them. And so it's funny kids. that as a kid you were you gravitated towards amethyst, and, and you're still that way now because amethyst is a very special stone for, for spirituality and enlightenment. Um and so to to see how that has has unfolded for you in your adult life. That's cool. I see. I didn't know that. I yeah. just I didn't know that. But you do have a point in saying where kids kids can sense it. Kids just absolutely. Know. It's like it's absolutely. like when you're a kid, you use your imagination for things, and that thing was real. And then you know, as you get older, and and you get calcified by you know chemicals and food and yeah. and conditioning that is lost but kids know you know kids can tell like i remember being at the mountains and just being infatuated by like we would go to like the little gold mine things and you like would mine through and like get your little like quartz or whatever yeah like are you ever being in the mountains and they have like those rocks and you can go and like pick what rocks you want to buy and they're like these smooth colorful things and you just be obsessed with your little bag of rocks yes yes yeah i used to love collecting rocks yeah. Yeah, I was I've always just been a collector of random things. I went through I went through a stage during the fall um where I would just be you know outside doing my regular outside things like grounding and earthing and, and I would be picking up leaves that stood out to me because of their colors or their shapes and I made and I just collected a bunch of them and I didn't I, I just cleaned up my area the other day so I had to throw a bunch of them out because they all got dry now but I've made stickers out of them with what? packaging Leaf tape stickers yep packaging tape and parchment paper um that's cool I might have one laying around here somewhere I um well see I live I live in Wilmington, so I'm on the coast. And anytime I go to the beach, I always, always, always come back with a shell. And so I have um, just this like collection of ginormous shells sitting, sitting on my. Oh God, I just got sand everywhere. Sitting on my deck. Um, Look at my bookshelf. Oh, that's so cool. That's that is so cool. Yeah, I just have. Yeah. I have these little shells chilling here too. Um, yeah, I just like, like collecting random things like that. Yeah, and you can like see this shell has like a hole in it. Um, yes. Yeah, right there's is, they the always hole. have that hole like, right there, perfect for a jump yeah, ring. That's what I'm saying. Like they have a perfect hole that you could like put in a necklace and like put it down here. Yeah. Um, and my dad was always big on that. Like he would make us shell jewelry whenever we'd go to the beach because 
he just knows how to do that stuff. So he would like yeah. make cool shit out of shells, and like I would wear it. You know, I wish I still had them. Um, I wonder where they went because mm-hmm. that stuff is cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah shells like are shells are special too. They bring like a sense of uh, tranquility and peace. Metaphysically. Yeah, no, I just I, when I'm bored, I just like to touch it. Um, I don't know. Yeah. It's, Sensory it's really, thing. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> like like you play with your fingernail or something. That's what I do with the shells. Yeah. Yeah, that I is love cool. Them. I love them. I have a I have a bunch because I want to um, make a like a summer collection with them for jewelry. Oh, like jewelry stuff. Yeah. That is cool. Yeah, wrapping There's this girl here that makes terrariums, so she'll collect like moss and little like tiny plants and yeah. like use them for her terrariums. I have mine over here. Let me grab mine so I can okay. show you guys my terrarium. Um, That'd be fun. Uh, so, like, she she collected this moss and, like, put the moss inside the terrarium. Yeah. And, and there's, like, rocks that she collected. And then these are shells that I got from Costa Rica, and I put them in there. And, like, you can see where the moss is, like, growing up the glass with the sun. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, and then I built, I, she built that one, but I built one for my dad for Christmas mm. and and used her stuff. It was pretty awesome. Terrariums are cool. They're really sick. Yeah, terrariums are really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I um, I think that's, uh, that's everything. We covered a lot of stuff. We covered yeah. perspective. We covered self-improvement, detachment. I talked a little mm-hmm. bit about jujitsu. We talked about reality and perspective. And we talked yeah. about your awesome art and creativity and, and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm super glad we went down that path because we yeah. covered stuff about intuition and everything. So Right. Um, yeah. Ronnie, thank Fun you stuff. so much for hopping on this podcast with me and, and going on this experience where, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know about you, but I totally stepped out of my comfort zone. And yeah. And, look at us now we're an hour in and we had this awesome conversation absolutely absolutely so, grateful to be here thank you for having me absolutely ronnie is there um an instagram or a twitter or, or link tree you'd like to yeah. you'd like to um promote right now yeah i definitely um have a link tree um for all my jewelry and business deeds um it's just linktree.com slash our weight create that's R W A K E C R E A T E. And I will definitely put that in like a video description or whatever. Cool, cool. Uh, and then my personal Instagram you can find through that R Wake Create page, and that is just R Dot Wake. Awesome, Ronnie. Yeah. Thank you so much again. I'll stop the thank recording. Thank you, Stephen. Absolutely. <laughs>